Welcome back to Footsteps in the Attic, the podcast dedicated to all things strange and all things paranormal. Hope you guys are having a relaxing weekend. I actually got a fun email this week and I thought I would share it as part of the topic for today's episode. And this one is from Elaine in Sheepshead Bay. And for those of you who do not live anywhere near New York, yes, Sheepshead Bay is a real area. (laughs) It is not a ritual of some kind or some dark spell. Um, Anyway, she asks what my opinion is of the New Jersey Devil. Well, you know, I gotta say, I find the New Jersey Devil a fun topic. Kind of like when you're standing in line at the supermarket and you browse the tabloids. It's that kind of a thrill. I have a couple books on the New Jersey Devil, but on a personal note, I can't say I put a lot of stock in the authenticity of a New Jersey Devil, but I'm also not saying that there isn't some type of activity which occurs in the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the legend of the New Jersey Devil, I will give you a very nutshell version. In 1735, a Pines resident known as Mother Leeds found herself pregnant. Now, Leeds was one of New Jersey's um, prominent names because it was an early name from the original settlers. And even to this day, the Leeds name is a very prominent name in New Jersey. Now, she wasn't wealthy, and truth be told, her husband was what would equate to nowadays as the town drunk. So he wasn't exactly father of the year. They had 12 children together, and upon learning that Mother Leeds was now pregnant with her 13th child, yes, 13th, she made a statement similar to well, this baby must be the devil, or this baby belongs to the devil. In any case, a few months later, allegedly Mother Leeds gave birth to what looked like a seemingly healthy child, as some of the midwives stood by. However, moments later, the child started to grow, and its eyes turned red and it developed scales all over its body and sprouted wings and fangs and gnarled hair and feathers and flew over and killed its own mother and then turned its attention to its relatives and the midwives and killed as many as it could and then flew up the chimney. Now, the legend had it From that point on, anyone who dared take a moonlit stroll through the New Jersey Pine Barrens, or even worse, braved to camp in the New Jersey Pine Barrens would be plagued and terrorized by the New Jersey Devil. Now, the funny thing is, there is remnants, and you can look it up, of actual photographs of the Leeds Shack, which was in the New Jersey Pine Barrens. So I'm not doubting that there was a Leeds family 
who probably had many children. We will never know if she gave birth to that 13th child and something potentially demonic happened. But what I can say is that sometimes when there's a dark folklore like that, that certain groups who practiced, who practice what I will call dark ritual will go to that site and start incantation. And sometimes a dark energy can take the form of whatever lore or story is out there. One example that I can give to you is uh, about eight years ago, there was a case of a little boy who was, ever since he was little, he was terrified of clowns. And they moved into this house, and I believe it was through use of a Ouija board, but a demon did come forth and just terrorize this kid. Now, knowing what the child was afraid of, this particular demon often took the form of a clown. So, something, shall we say, less than holy can take forms of what people perceive to be frightening images. Now, whether that's what's going on in the New Jersey Pine Barrens, I don't know, but that's just one possibility. Because the New Jersey Devil is supposed to look like, well, it's supposed to have the body of a kangaroo, the head of a horse, scales and large bat wings, and it's about four to five feet tall. Now, I can tell you from having books on it, there are reports from the 1800s to this very day of anyone from a doctor to a plumber <laughs> having spotted something in the New Jersey Pine Barrens. But if you read the early reports from the 1800s, there, there was rampant sites of some kind of creature in the New Jersey Pine Barrens. Now, I, being from Philadelphia, I would often drive through the New Jersey Pine Barrens to vacation in uh, Cape May, New Jersey, and Avalon, and I can tell you that it is thick with trees. And I have a friend, Mike, who went camping around that area years back, and sure enough, he did tell me that at night, he heard what he described as the flapping of giant wings. And it was enough that it scared the shit out of him, excuse my language. And he actually got out and looked around and he found no type of tracks or anything. And it was enough to scare a seasoned hunter. So what I can tell you is that there is a very real possibility that there is some type of energy in the New Jersey Pine Barrens, but I will leave it up to you whether you are brave enough to go camping and look for the New Jersey Devil. Now, since we're on the topic of New Jersey, I have to say, since I live right near Hoboken, I actually lived in Hoboken for 11 years, now I'm just outside of it, um, there's a cave called Sybil's Cave. And in the 1800s, the wealthy from New York used to take a ferry or a, um, you know, a canoe over to Hoboken and they would use the hot springs. Now, the hot springs allegedly were known to have a fountain of youth type effect on people who had the money to go and spend the weekend in these hot springs. But um, in 1841, 
a body was found next to the cave entrance, a body of a woman named Mary Rogers. And even Edgar Allan Poe kind of picked up on the hype around this terrifying story and this unsolved murder. And he wrote a piece called The Mystery of Mary Roger. And allegedly her husband did did a sort of a quasi-confession of murdering her before he then killed himself. But what I can say is it's very possible that her murder stained that particular area. Now, you can go visit Sybil's cave today. However, it is barred up, so you will only get as far as the entrance. But they have excavated it enough where you can see what it used to look like. And what I can tell you from having lived there is I used to be kind of crazy, so I would jog quite late at night. So I would jog at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And where this cave is situated, you're just, you're alone because you're just looking uh, basically across the skyline of Manhattan. And I was jogging one night and my shoelace came undone. So I stopped conveniently or not so conveniently in front of Sybil's cave. And when I bent down to tie my shoe, I did, in a whispery voice, hear a woman say, help me. And I was never able to figure out where that voice came from. And I do know there's a college nearby, but I looked up and there was no dorms. There was nobody playing any kind of a prank. I heard a voice. Uh, It's sort of like a desperate woman's voice ask for help. Now, can I say that that was Mary's voice? No, I can't. But what I can tell you is I experienced strange activity by Sybil's cave. Now, I will end tonight's sort of New Jersey-themed podcast by telling you a little bit about a place in Hoboken, yes, once again in Hoboken, called the Brass Rail Restaurant. Now, Hoboken's only about a mile square radius, so it's not that big of a town, but... um, there's this restaurant where paranormal activity is known to take place. Now, I can tell you that staff have quit seeing spirits. Uh, Bar managers have had phone calls when they were alone in this establishment from downstairs to their office upstairs. One manager told me himself he came down and saw a circular pattern of candles lit, and he has no idea who put them there, which as understandably it freaked him out as it would you or I. Now, I actually had an article published in Weird New Jersey magazine years ago about our experience there. My friend Devin and I were walking by the brass rail and we decided to take a picture from the outside uh, and a video. I, the video is important. <laughs> so upon putting the camera and the video camera up, we captured a ball of light coming right toward us and it was pulsating. Now, that scared both her and I because it was just so bold. And even the still picture, which is in New Jersey, is in Weird New Jersey magazine to this day. Um, I will look up the which particular issue if you want to look it up. But you can see a face in the ball of energy that Devin and I captured. And she had a friend who, upon looking at it, when they they actually printed it out, their computer shut down. Now, I'm not saying that this particular image caused an electrical disturbance, but I'm also not saying that it didn't. 
So we were fascinated enough that we were able to gain access to the brass rail and investigate. And Devin and I had a similar experience at the exact same time. Now, allegedly, at the brass rail restaurant years ago, a bride fell down the stairs and broke her neck and died instantly. Well, Devin and I were ascending the stairs, and at the exact same time, it felt like a human hand put their hands on our shoulders and just stopped us in our tracks and wanted us to pause right at this particular step. Now, my true feeling in my gut is that this was the step that the bride fell on and broke her neck because there are many reports of staff seeing the deceased bride. So if you are in Hoboken, New Jersey, and you're hungry, and you want to ghost hunt and eat, you may want to take a stop at the Brass Rail Restaurant. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this. For Footsteps in the Attic, this is Brian Hobson. See you next week.